Blue Collar Fitness. What is Blue Collar? Blue Collar is a mindset and attitude, and it's work that you can be proud of. I'm Trevor Powers. I'm Connor Burton. And I'm Josh Sargent. Whether you go to the gym, work at the gym, own the gym, or if you're just a creeper pretending to do curls watching girls on the elliptical, this podcast is for you, even you. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Blue Car Fitness Podcast. On today's episode, we interview for the second time an amazing guest. He is the author of the book, The War on Carbs, which talks about the carnivore diet and the inventor of the Slingshot products, the inventor of a new brand called Within You, which brings you the new Steak Shake. And he's a co-star in the film, Bigger, Stronger, Faster. It's a badass movie. Look it up. And the guest is Mark Bell. We discussed the Carnivore Diet Month in review, which was January, and how it can help you and how it's impacted Mark's family. And then we discussed how Mark influenced John Cena to get into pro wrestling. And then we talked about how to become your most authentic self and how Mark became his most authentic self from his mother, Rosemary Bell believing in him from an early age. And we talked about training philosophy, Mark's own ways of getting stronger and being able to increase that bench. And if he were to train you, how he would get you stronger. And then he gave us tips on how to become the best fitness podcast possible. So sit back and enjoy this podcast. You can find Mark Bell on Mark Smelly Bell on Instagram. And you can find his products on Mark bellslingshot.com enjoy uh we're, we're doing pretty nice. good just hanging in there um we've all been up, up here in uh in portland the good old right capital uh we've been the gyms have been open for you know a couple of weeks and it feels good to be back training our training our clients and just being able to work on our craft so uh me and josh have been back for a while then trevor you know is down in texas doing his thing and then uh dave's been been killing it with his uh, life coaching podcast. He's got like so. 60 podcasts now or something yeah. he's doing crazy. <laughs> yeah. It feels that way. <laughs> and Mark, how was your, uh, how was your world carnivore month? Great. Yeah. I just uh, ate a big old bowl of meat before I got on here talking to you guys. <laughs> there you go, man. I, uh, you and your brother, you guys did a, a, a documentary not too long ago on, uh, was, was it on carnivore diet or, or are you guys just talking about it? Uh, my brother and I have been kicking the idea around for a while. Um, we haven't gotten it uh, off the ground uh, quite yet, but yeah, you know, the carnivore diet is something that um, I'm a huge fan of. I'm, I, uh, even when I'm not, you know, uh, when, even though when it's not world carnivore month, I pretty much mainly just eat meat. I've learned that for me, uh, my body seems to run really well off of it. I don't have any digestive issues with it. Um, it also doesn't appear like I need a lot of carbohydrates. So, um, you know, just having some rice or some potatoes or some fruit here and there um, with an occasional cheat meal or two thrown in the mix every once in a while seems to work really well for me. Would you have competed on a carnivore diet? You know, you think you, when you were powerlifting, do you think if you would have known about what you know today, dieting, would you do the same diet or do you think, a performance diet is different than what you do now. 
Uh, I don't think it's a good idea to uh, really restrict much of anything if you're talking about performance. Um, I would say that you want to try to get in all nutrients and you want to try, you know, that would include even things like fiber. Um, you want to try to get a wide array of vitamins and minerals. And the best way to do that, um, I just don't really think there's even any arguing it any longer, the, um, it is through whole foods, you know, mm -hmm. and some of those might be plant-based foods and some of those uh, might be uh, animal products. Uh, it appears like the bioavailability of some of the nutrients that are in meat are a little easier for us to extract as humans, but mm -hmm. it doesn't really mean that, you know, kale or spinach or some of these things are worthless. Sometimes some of the arguments I hear from one side and the arguments I hear from the other are the same extremes, uh, just kind of said differently. So a carnivore person will say, you know, fruits on natural because of the size of the apples today, right? Right. Well, it's like cows are a species that we pretty much created. We bred, we bred them. They didn't used to really exist. And so you can kind of look at it from, from both sides. And, and I think really the answer always lies somewhere in the middle, even though I like mm -hmm. the carnivore diet and I um, share world carnivore month with people, even when I'm doing the diet, I'm still eating some rice. I'm still eating some uh, vegetables here and there. I, I just don't think there's any reason to be really crazy dogmatic about it. However, I do think it's great to share with people that they can really change their diet, which in turn can help change their life forever if they can remember some simple rules. And one of those rules is just to eat a lot of protein because right. you have to eat something. So if you're someone that's generally hungry, if you don't care about food, then the rules might be a little different for you. But if you care about food or have ever been addicted to food, I think one of the best things that you can do or two of the best things that you can do. One is you can just walk, try, try to get some sort of movement going because that's easier than dieting. <laughs> and then the second thing would be uh, to just eat a lot of protein because protein, it's called protein leveraging. And the more protein that you eat, uh, the more it will drive down hunger and help to drive down cravings. How many grams does that come out to a day? You're what a you're well over 200 pounds. Are you doing 300 grams a day, 1.5 per pound of body weight or, or, or less or more? Yeah, than I that? usually, I usually do about, about 300 grams of protein a day. Sometimes I've, I've experimented with, uh, up to 400. It just really depends on like the hunger level. Um, one thing is that protein doesn't usually come by itself. So if you're eating mm -hmm. steaks, it's going to be accompanied by fat as well. And so you might want to be conscious of of how much of that you eat. But in general, one thing that's great about the carnivore diet is its simplicity. It's like, what do I do? It's like, just eat meat. And if you're, uh, you get confused about anything or you fall off track or you're um, just really struggling with your diet, you can utilize a carnivore diet as like a reset. It's a way to hit a reset button. It's a way to kind of uh, start over. You can say, man, I really have been screwing up ever since the Super Bowl. You know, I've been eating this and that. And, you know, you can kind of say, you know, starting tomorrow, I'm going to go on a carnivore diet and give it a couple days. And then you can start to, you know, be more reasonable with it and start to throw in some other foods that you enjoy. But a, a real key component to dieting, which is kind of sometimes lost in the shuffle is you, you better enjoy it, you know, because you're going to need to do it for a long time. The only way you're going to get the benefits from it just like with lifting, just with strength training, it takes decades to be strong. 
um, it's going to take you a long time to master food and, uh, and your mind more so, even more so. And so you better like what you're going, what you're eating and don't have so many restrictions that you can't do it. That doesn't make any sense. Right. So kind of going back to overindulgence, Mark, uh, I was reading the Warren cards and that moment when you were talking with your brother, Chris, and I believe that he said, man, I'm tired of being fat. I like, and you guys had a plate of rice in front of you and he said, fuck these carbs. <laughs> and that was kind of like a, a, the spurt in the moment that led to the Warren carb. So you didn't do it alone um, and you had support. So I, I, like you mentioned, it helped you with overindulgence. It helped you with mental clarity. Um, you mentioned that in your book and you gave a lot of good guidelines. But as far as the guidelines that you had with yourself, did you see that kind of rub off on your family or did you ever kind of explain that to your family and like influence them purposely with the carnivore diet? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> fa uh, fa some family members, um, my immediate family, you know, my wife and my kids um, a little bit. My wife is a swimmer. She swims every morning. Um, she doesn't really eat a lot of carbohydrate just from, you know, being with me and just kind of learning the, the ways of a kind of a low, low carb living, low carb lifestyle. I actually think that she does a great job of, um, you know, we all kind of have our little, uh, weaknesses, you know, her weakness is wine. She really likes wine. Um, my weakness is sweets. I really like sweets. So it's, it's, it's a tough thing, but, uh, yeah, it, you know, from if, if, uh, anyone that's ever had an opportunity to visit uh, slingshot or super training gym, it's all in one building. Um, you would see that our, my entire staff, my entire team uh, has Tupperwares of food. You know, they, they, they prep their meals. Um, I'm around a lot of like-minded individuals and that's not an accident. It's something that uh, I participated in building, you know, they, they've come to these realizations on their own. Um, but <clears throat> they have seen, what I've been able to do, they saw me lose a hundred pounds and they're like, shit, well, that seemed to work great for him. And not everybody does the same thing that I do, but in general, they get it. You know, they're having good portions of protein at every single meal. And uh, those that aren't following a keto or carnivore style diet, uh, they're, you know, kind of measuring their food and paying attention to how many carbohydrates they're taking in and, and things like that. Um, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, uh, my mother-in-law, <clears throat> my dad, obviously my brother. Um, we've all really positively have impacted each other a lot. My brother-in-law probably lost, he was probably about 280. Nowadays, he's probably <clears throat> more like 220. He's never wow, gained right. that weight back. My mother-in-law is uh, diabetic and uh, she's been able to fend a lot of that off and come off medication. And, and now she, I think she uses a little bit medication nowadays, but she's been real consistent with walking. She's been consistent with lifting her diet will come and go here and there. We got to kind of slap her on the wrist, but uh, yeah, it's had a great impact on, uh, on family members because I think the main thing with it is uh, a lot of this stuff is pretty simple. And I think people want to try to confuse it. And uh, so, sometimes uh, 
make it seem like it's too expensive or too hard to do. And maybe that's just a blockade that we like to throw up so that we don't have to do it. Uh, because we know how challenging, how hard it can be. You know, ma making a change is terrifying. You know, if you guys, uh, if you guys told me, you know, Mark, we're going skydiving tomorrow, I'd be like, what? <laughs> you know, they'd be like, yeah, we're going to skydive every day for the month of March or whatever. I'd be like, holy shit. You know, it'd be hard for me to, I, I could do it, you know, but it'd be, it's just different than what I'm used to. Right. And so you start doing shit that's different or even put into your mind that all of a sudden now I have to do something that's way different uh, than what I'm used to. Um, it scares you. And then you start coming up with excuses and reasons on why you're not doing it. But there's no reason why anybody that's listening to this right now can't convert over into like, forget about like low carb, forget about no carb, um, forget about really any of it. Just can you improve upon like what you're currently doing? Could you afford to eat a little bit less carbohydrate? You know, could you do without the entire tortilla uh, for your burrito? Could you order your burrito with uh, extra chicken? You know, could you, are there, is there room in your diet for you to supplement or add in more protein in certain areas so that it keeps you from eating other stuff? Because that things like that can make a, a huge change. And the answer is always yes. There's always a little bit of room for everybody to do a little bit better, whether you're any of us on this show right now, or uh, whether you're somebody like The Rock, who seems to be extremely busy. But I always bring up the point that if you were to ask him, hey, could you do better? Could you be a better uh, husband? Could you be a better dad? Could you be a better movie star? Could He would say yes to all those things because he knows there's plenty of room for him to make a lot of improvement. What, one thing about you um, that, that impresses me to know in is, is your authenticity. Like you, you literally throw out there your successes, your failures, you are you and people like you for either who I am or if they don't let me go the fuck away. Um, and, and it's just, that is so refreshing in this industry because I have come across so many people who are afraid of what people think about them and they don't bring their brand, they don't bring their brand out. Um, have you always been like this or is it something that you learned or do you have any advice for someone who's afraid to make that post today because they're afraid someone's going to think that they're not training hard enough. Or, you know, do you have any mm -hmm. advice for, for, for some guys who are just so worried about what other people think? Sometimes I think uh, with this kind of question, I think, you know, easy for me to say, because I've already done some pretty cool stuff. And so if, if you don't think that you've really done anything, it's a little bit harder to feel the way that I feel, but I've always kind of felt this way because I've been very lucky. Uh, my mom, you know, my mom grew up with some really difficult circumstances. And last time that we talked, you know, she just passed and uh, she, she wasn't able to, uh, she wasn't able to make really big changes for herself, but she was able to make, she was able to be strong enough to help her children go in a different direction, which is really amazing. Because my mom didn't have a, any belief in herself uh, with, with many different things, maybe just, just enough in certain areas to uh, be a great mom and stuff like that. But she really, uh, she really struggled and she was heavy her whole life. And ultimately that's what ended up leading to her death is she was just uh, very uh, unhealthy. 
but she had such a strong belief in us, um, like a blind belief, like that we were going to be great. And none of us knew what she was ever talking about. Cause you know, someone tells you you're great. You're just like, what's great about me? I'm freaking seven. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and when you're a little kid, you kind of think you're great. Cause you're like, check out this move. I'm going to do off this diving board or whatever. And you just think everything you do is awesome. But as you get a little bit older and as you start to kind of compare yourself and see, uh, you know, the competition that's out there for football and basketball and all these different things, you're like, well, man, I don't know where I really, I'm not sure where really where I fit in. Um, but my mom had, you know, instilled and almost um, like uh, brainwashed us into believing <laughs> that we were something, uh, whether we wanted to believe it or not, you know, and so I've been fortunate to be able to hold on to that for a long time. And also have it not be, um, you know, too obnoxious, hopefully not too obnoxious. <laughs> um, been able to kind of hold on to that for a, a really long time. But people that are kind of worried about making a post, um, you know, I, I would kind of examine like, you know, what, what are you trying to get out of stuff? You know, when, when, I hate going into meetings, you know, business stuff. Like I don't, I'm not really a huge fan and I just, I want the meeting to be quick and just try to, you know, let's get to the point. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll start the meeting out by saying, what do we want to get out of this? You know, we're going to have a meeting for, we're going to talk about social media. Well, why are we talking about social? Like, what are we going to do? Let's just get right to it. Let's get to the grassroots of is there a problem? If there is a problem, let's figure out what's the solution for it and let's move forward. And so people need to maybe sometimes ask themselves a little bit deeper question. Why am I even on social media? What am I, what am I trying to do? Am I trying to make money? Am I trying to make people laugh? Am I trying to just show people uh, my dedication? And I'm hoping that through that process, they become more dedicated Um you know, so I think you just trace it back to like, what, you know, what are you trying to do? And if you, you know, if you trace it back to its roots, then you can say, well, shit, I'm trying to motivate people. So if I'm going to motivate people, I got to share this post today that I just, I didn't go to the gym. Instead, I went to a all you can eat buffet <laughs> <laughs> breakfast and I ate pancakes, you know, and, I don't feel like it. it's raining out and like today sucks, you know, whatever that thing is, because that's going to probably be relatable. So on the other side of that, I would just say, if you're worried about making a post, you should really rethink it because there's probably thousands of people that probably feel the exact same way that you do in that moment. And how many times do you see somebody say, uh, Hey, I've been hurt and I've had a lot of anxiety. I didn't even come out of my house the last two or three days you didn't see me post for a while. And then so many people comment They're like, Oh my God, I'm so appreciative that you shared this. I thought I was the only person that felt mm -hmm. this way. And you get, you get fans that way, you know, you get admiration that way. So I'd say, you know, just be yourself and anybody that's not on board with it. It doesn't do any good to try to win people over. I, I've learned this, you know, from a business perspective, uh, I could send you guys products and if you enjoy the products, that's cool. But for me to try to make you guys wear it or for me to try to chase after uh, Hapthor Bjornsson to wear a slingshot, 
it's just kind of silly because if he doesn't really authentically like it, then it doesn't really matter. You know, you want people to authentically like you, not like you because you hounded them. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Thank you so much. Do you think maybe your ability to show your authentic self might've come maybe from the the pro wrestling days? Um, I was wondering if maybe you could uh, give tell that story you know maybe uh we talk about some john cena something give, give the listeners some insight into <laughs> into that chapter yeah so I, yeah i was a professional wrestler for about five years um and uh you know i kind of made a my my wife I, I was getting into pro wrestling like kind of as i met my wife and she didn't really know what it was about, but she was supportive of it. And I told her from the beginning, I was like, I just want to, I've always loved wrestling and I have an opportunity to do it. And I just want to kind of go for it. She was like, great. And as I got a little deeper into it, I was like, you know, I'm going to do this for about five years. And at the end of five years, if I'm not really where I want to be, we'll just, you know, I'll just move on, you know? And, uh, so anyway, I, I got an opportunity to wrestle in Japan and I wrestled um, uh, kind of all over the place, really, and, and had some wonderful uh, opportunities, got to wrestle for the WWE a couple of times. Um, my brothers and I, we met uh, John Cena in, uh, in Los Angeles. I was working at a place called Mass Movement <laughs> where we moved fitness equipment. The place still exists. Oh, yeah. And if you, you, if you go on their website, you'll actually see uh, they have a quote that's from my brother and I, and it's uh, making the world a better place to lift. That's a quote from my brother and I, um, and we, we've been friends with the owner forever. So he, you know, they, they've been using that moniker for a long time, but that's also the moniker that we have at, at Slingshot. But yeah, we had a shitty job moving fitness equipment and uh, the girl that, one of the girls that like managed the warehouse she kept telling about telling us about her friend. She was into bodybuilding and she's like, my friend is like super jacked. You guys would love him. He's, you know, he's, um, he does bodybuilding or whatever. And she, and we're, we were like, whatever. Cause people always say that. And like, they're always talking about how strong somebody is. And you're always like, fuck you, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and then, so she shows us a, shows us a picture. Like, here's a picture of him when he was 17 and we're like, holy shit, who the fuck is this guy? Like, unbelievable. Like, he's just totally shredded and 240 pounds or 250 pounds. And it was John Cena. And she said, yeah, he's going to come out for the summer and he's going to uh, work here for a bit. He's going to train at Gold's Gym. And uh, so anyway, John came out. We met him. And uh, the first day we started talking to him, like, this guy is charismatic. Like, this dude's just different. Um, you know how you have those people just in life sometimes where you just, you meet them and you're like, okay, whatever it is about this person, they're just, I got to admit, I got to bow to them a little bit and just say, Hey, look, man, you're on another level. I'm, I'm man enough to admit it. (laughs) And John Cena is definitely one of those people. And so when we first met him, we're like, Hey man, you got to get into pro wrestling. He was like, I want to be a bodybuilder, you know? And so, uh, my brother and I kept talking to him about wrestling and he was like, oh, I'll go. And I was already in wrestling at the time. Uh, so we had him come down to the wrestling school. My oldest brother, Mike, uh, was one of his coaches, one of his instructors. And me and my brothers got John Cena in 
into wrestling uh, in, in the first place. Wild. Uh, in, in professional wrestling, you, you learn a lot, you know, you, um, you learn how to, yeah, obviously you know how to like act. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you also learn uh, how to like cut a wrestling promo and cutting a wrestling promo is pretty hard. You know, it's like, they'll say, Hey, you got 30 seconds, you know, go up there and, you know, talk shit about so-and-so or whatever. And, uh, you know, you have to kind of do so in a strategic way. You can't like completely bash the other guy. Cause if you bash the other guy, then you're downplaying the person that you're going against. So you want to hype them up. You want to say, Hey, I know this guy has kicked a lot of ass. I know this guy can lift a lot of weights, but this isn't about lifting weights. This is about being gritty and being tough and I'm going to persevere or however you say it. And so you have to learn how to say all these things and, and do all this stuff. And so through professional wrestling, yeah, I have kind of found, um, I've been able to kind of find my own, my own voice. And when I started filming stuff for uh, powerlifting and started to communicate, you know, I realized that it, it helps to have a little bit of an entertainment value, but I didn't want to go, you know, all pro wrestler on people. Cause that's like, <laughs> that's just too much of a persona to try to keep up all the time and to be that way all the time. Can you spell it? Uh, so but it did get me over the hump. It just got me over the hump in terms of just being able to talk period. And it was really, it was really helpful. I think what you're talking about too, though, is just being like, so I'm somebody that has like uh, just studied a lot of stuff and just have, um, tried to learn a lot about myself and I'm kind of, I guess you'd say like a self-actualizer. Like I, I think about my thoughts a lot. I think about what other people have said. I try to reinterpret a lot of the things that I once thought because I, I definitely have had cases of disordered thinking, you know, in, in my life where I've, and you know, you, it's the smartest people in the world are, are the ones that are going to say, Hey, I'd like to change my answer. You know, what I, what I was saying the other day, I actually screwed it up because it, I was all under a false belief. Like if you can start to, if you can start to question your beliefs and start to uh, break some of those things down, you find out some really, really interesting things uh, about yourself. It kind of gets into the, to the why Mark. And uh, you, you talked about like beliefs and understanding yourself. Why do you talk about, you discussed, your, your new product and service within you. Have you had any new insights on within you and what's been the feedback with uh, within you so far for the last few months? How's it been? Yeah, so uh, I have a, a product coming out and um, I think we're about two weeks away now. I'm having the first product come out from our new brand within you. And that, uh, that product is gonna be uh, called the steak shake mark bell's steak shake yep and it has uh it's got like heart and liver and pancreas and all kinds of crazy stuff in it kidneys along with whey protein uh collagen it's a powder it's a it's a it's a powdered protein uh that has all these other uh nutrients in it and uh the feedback without really mentioning without really mentioning it that much has been tremendous. People keep asking like, what is the steak shake? Where do I get it? Is this like something that you chew on or something that you drink or something that you shake up? Like people are kind of confused about it. We made a, a really funny commercial for it. 
<clears throat> that will probably be out in like a week or so uh, that you guys will, you guys will get a chance to see, but it, it's kind of a throwback to the old Saturday night live Dan Aykroyd Bassomatic commercial for anybody who's ever seen that. And we just, we had a lot of fun with it, but yeah, I'm really excited to get the brand out there and we've uh, we've got an intra intra workout product. We have a pre-workout product. We've got a sleep product. Um, I'm pretty fired up about it. And then the name itself has kind of just come from me, you know, in this, uh, you know, learning more about myself and in researching things and, you just learn like, oh man, like I chased this guy down for answers for so long. And I chased this other person down for answers for so long. And I thought, I thought Louis Simmons had the answer to all my problems. I thought <clears throat> Dave Tate had all the answers to all my problems. I thought that, uh, you know, whoever it is that you follow on Instagram or Jordan Peterson, you know, I thought Jordan Peterson, you know, his 12 rules. I thought he had all the answers, but then you one day just look in the mirror and you're like, all right, well, here's all the fucking answers I ever need right here. They're just, they're within you. They're inside you. And, you know, you, as you get a little older, even I think just by default, I think you end up with uh, some wisdom, which is kind of, you know, uh, applied knowledge, basically you end up with some good wisdom and you end up with some intuition and uh, some like gut instincts. And you're like, I mean, how many times have you guys kicked yourselves before where you listen to somebody else and you're like, that was, why did I, why did I do that? You're like, why did I listen? Why did I listen to somebody else? You get so frustrated with yourself. Like I, you're like, I know better. I should have just listened to myself. And so that's where the within you name came from is uh, I'm a big believer in that is that uh, everything you need is already within you. And it's kind of a weird spin on the supplement line because I don't believe that you need supplements. I think, again, I think everything you need is within you. Yes, we do need to eat. We need to consume some stuff outside of us. It's part of being human being. But uh, at the same time, if you're feeding yourself properly, if you have the correct nutrition, you don't really need anything extra. But where supplements can come in are for people that are pushing above and beyond what human beings are you know, normally scheduled to do people that want to lift. I mean, even something like deadlifting 300 pounds, which, you know, to people in the lifting community doesn't sound like a crazy amount of weight. They deadlift 300 pounds for a couple repetitions. I mean, that's a lot of work. Like where else in nature would we really get that kind of work or, um, you know, pressing, you know, 200 pounds over your head or like, or bench pressing 300 pounds or squatting a squat's a great example. I mean, what are you going to squat pretty much your own body weight? Like you're not going to put a bunch of weight on your back and squat it in nature, you know? So we're asking ourselves to do some of these things that go above and beyond. And so uh, in that case, it might be necessary to add in some protein powder, to add in some supplementation. So a lot of, I'm trying to give the, uh, the average blue collar gym row listener here, some insight. You've, you've trained some clients, you've trained some really strong people. Say you get a, uh, a 200 pound gym bro and he comes to you. He's like, Mark, whatever the price is, I'll pay it. I need you to train me. I want to get strong. And uh, he's been doing, uh, you know, his gym well there five, three, one or whatever for the last five years. And he's, he's benching about 300 pounds. He's squatting about 
400 pounds and he's deadlifting about 500 pounds and he, he can't get any stronger. What would you, what would you do with that athlete? Is this a selfish question? <laughs> this is a very, this is a very selfish question. <laughs> I, I ask those a lot on my own. This, this client is actually Josh. <laughs> no, I, I do that all the time. Like let's hypothetically say, you know, <laughs> asking for a friend. Yeah. Right. Exactly. This yeah, is how I um, ask for dates too. <laughs> so hypothetically, he's <laughs> getting no luck. <laughs> I think, you know, a way I would handle that situation, uh, somebody at that strength level is, uh, you know, a lot of times people like when, if somebody tells me that they're stuck, if somebody says, so if you came to me and you're like, my squat's pretty good. My deadlift feels pretty good. I feel like I'm making pretty good progress, but my bench is really stuck. Well, I would just have you probably reduce the amount of training in you know, amount of weight that you're using for your bench press. Um, because most likely if you're successful at squatting and deadlifting, you're probably making all your lifts. Your lifts are probably pretty clean. Every single time you do them, you're probably fairly confident. But then when it comes to bench pressing, the last rep of every set is kind of a shit show. You're not that confident your buddy makes fun of you because he's lifting 50 more pounds. Every time it comes to squat and deadlift, you're, you know, you're the boss. You're the one lifting a little bit more. But when it comes to that bench press, you're getting your ass handed to you. And it's just like, it's a little bit of a mental block and things like that. But normally what I see from people with strength, strength is um, you're trying to, um, you're trying to encode like a computer uh, more so than you are trying to be like tough. And I think that people, when they're trying to get strong, they think that there has to be some sort of like brutality involved in it for them to get stronger. And yeah, you're going to get really sore. You're going to rip your hands up. You might rip your legs up doing deadlifts. Um, you're, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to get beat up. Like your joints will get beat up and stuff, but it's not so much about toughness as it is. Uh, you're, it's almost like you're embossing information on a muscle. Um, and so you have to really kind of think about that as, as you're training and you want to think about what's the best way to lay down a really clean foundation so that when I need to tap into some of these reserves, my body really knows how to do this in the most functional, uh, economical way so that you can get through the workout, through the exercises, in a clean way that that is uh, kind of not forever, but that is programming. You're, you're programming your body, your, your body, mind, and spirit to these weights to get used to them, to get adjusted to them. Um, there's even a term that people will say uh, about somebody who's like uh, psychologically sound and they'll say he's well-adjusted or she's well-adjusted. Well, you want to be well adjusted with weights because you want to be able to, and the only way to be adjusted to them, because we're, we're not, like I pointed out earlier, it's some artificial exercise that we made up, you know, a barbell is mm -hmm. something that human beings made. We, we created it because we don't exercise quite the way that we used to. And so we have to go in the gym and do a bunch of fake stuff to mimic, uh, you know, building stuff and digging ditches and so forth. Right. And carrying buckets of water whatever the hell else you need to do. 
back um, in the day. Yeah, back in the day. And so I, my main thing is I just think that most people are just lifting a little bit too heavy. And so reduce those weights. Um, if you have a coach, I know a lot of people have a coach and they get some programming done. Communicate with your coach. Like a lot of times people don't talk to their coach. Um, they just keep doing the same exercise and their knee is killing them. And it's like, well, man, you got to, that's the whole reason why you hired a coach. You need to talk to them. You need to communicate with them. If your lift is stuck and you have someone that's already coaching you. Um, but if you don't have someone that's already coaching you, the answer usually just lies in learn how to do the exercise the right way. When you do the exercise the right way, despite what you might think, you will not get thrown in jail. You will not die. It will actually be extremely beneficial. And a lot of times the only way to, to do the lifts the right way is to just reduce the weight. Mm -hmm. I've seen so many athletes in my gym time and time again, actually, I'm trying to think, uh, I haven't really seen, I haven't seen any of my lifters ever make outstanding progress um, while also missing a lot of lifts in the gym. So if you're missing lifts and missing reps, like that's a great sign that you're just, you're lifting, you're lifting too heavy. And if you're not making progress, that's a good sign that you're either lifting too heavy. You could be lifting too often. There could be a couple other things in there that could be, could have too much volume, but it's almost always too much rather than too little. Cause anybody who's going to pay you to like learn how to bench press is already going to be a freak. <laughs> you know, it's already going to be not a freak in terms of their, <clears throat> in terms of their strength, but <clears throat> they're already going to be way into what they're doing. And so usually it's just like, Hey man, like just back off. Like what, <laughs> what are you, mm. you're lifting like a maniac. And so really getting that form down and having that be uh, correct is, is going to be the way to, I mean, if you were to think about how we learn or how we do anything, you know, you don't, you don't learn in like four hour blocks, you know, like you go to like a seminar, like you ever go to like a seminar and it's like, it's like six hours or eight hours. And there's a bunch of different speakers, your brain, like you're just totally fucked after that. You don't remember what happened. You'd have to really be meticulous with notes and stuff. We learn the same way as we learned as little kids in like these little, these little spurts, you know, you might have like six minutes or eight minutes if you're lucky. Um, that's, that's the way that you want to train. You want to have your training. Your if you look at your training, you're only going to have a few sets that are really worth anything two sets, maybe four sets that are really worth anything. And then how long does it take to do those two sets or those four sets? Sometimes it's more, but usually it's somewhere in the range of like two to five sets. It's going to take you anywhere from like six minutes to maybe 30 minutes at the most. That's how you learn. That's how you get stronger. And getting stronger is a learning process just with some resistance. Right. That's a really good point. And I feel, I feel like you, you made a good point on um, the fact that reducing the weight mark and it goes back to what I've learned from, you know, from you by utilizing the, the slingshot or from, you know, reps and reserve from Micah's Rattel or John Meadows talks about being able to have feeder sets to be able to work up to a weight and then have that two to five sets where it's actually effective and you're not just jumping into a set where you're doing you know, 95% of your one rep max bench press, but you're like, right. barely, barely able to get it up and your shoulders are just caving forward. 
So mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of methods you could use and I, I love what you said. And I'm curious, like how, Mark, how do you train yourself? Do you have a split? Do you go by feel? Cause like you have, you have a big playground in, um, in super training. So like, how do you train yourself? Like, is there a certain method to your training or do you just alternate like with whatever body parts you want to train? I'm always like, uh, this doesn't hurt that bad today. Let me train that. <laughs> kind of the way it goes. I, I have more recently tried to schedule or have more recently, I have scheduled uh, some breaks. You know, I try to go like uh, two days on and like one day off or something like that. Cause I like to train every day. And I, uh, a lot of times will just train one uh, body part. So I might just go and do like shoulders, which I don't really consider like a full workout because it takes like 20, 30 minutes. It's just not that demanding. It's not that difficult, uh, but it's still important to get some rest. And so I, I maybe twice a week or so, uh, I won't do any lifting at all. It might be, uh, I might just be walking a little bit more that day or something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything in particular. I just, I just go in and lift. And I've always been that way. Even when I was powerlifting, it wasn't really like a real, real regimented thing. Although I knew what numbers I was going to do um, kind of based off of like what I've done previously, but it was still, I don't really like a schedule, you know, human beings respond really well to, to a schedule, but I just, I just don't like one. And so I, I try not to really, people try to work out with me and I'm like, Oh yeah, I think I'll work out at like 11. And then it's like two, <laughs> you know, it's just, I'm just that, I'm just kind of that way, you know, um, I'm not trying to be late. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to mess everybody else up, but I just, I know that I'm going to get stuff done. I know that I'm efficient. I know that it will happen. I don't stress about it. I don't have anxiety over it. Right. Um, so even when it comes to like, even when it comes to like, I don't know if let's say I want to like build up my chest more. I don't really overthink it. I'm like, all right, well, to, you know, to build up my chest more, I just need to figure out a bunch of different ways to make it kind of sore, <laughs> you know? And then I'm just thinking like, I'll, I'll do exercises in the gym. And if I do one and it doesn't really feel great, it doesn't feel the way I wanted it to. I'll just cut the exercise out. It's pretty simple. I was doing some um, incline dumbbells a few weeks ago. And uh, a friend of mine, who's a longtime bodybuilder, he was like, he was like, why are you doing those? I was like, I don't know. I'm trying to build up the upper chest. He's like, I just saw you doing them. He's like, your upper chest wasn't moving at all. And I was like, good point. I wasn't even, I was not even connected to it. I was not even thinking about it. He's like, get rid of those, you know? And I was like, all right, so I'll do flat dumbbell. And I went to do flat dumbbell and my chest moved a lot more. And he's like, stick with those. So you really want to, you know, don't, don't just, um, you know, I kind of am a big believer of like, fuck what you heard, you know, like just do the, do the things that come to you. Do the things that, that feel, that feel great to you, that feel good to you. Within That's reason. a great way to be motivated. Yeah, with it. Yeah, with yeah, hundred percent within reason. Can't go and just fuck every girl that you see that's cute or whatever if you're married or something like that, right? You can't just go off and uh, 
randomly do whatever exercise you want in the middle of a workout, you'll be in there for seven hours, right? Oh yeah. So yeah, within it's all within reason, but yeah, I think it's easier to talk yourself into doing things. Oops. Did I lose you guys there? Oops. No back. I think it's easier to talk yourselves into doing some things. Uh, oh, you got me back. Yeah. You say it's good. easier to talk yourself into doing things uh, once you've done the things that you like. So if you love training your shoulders, then, and you're having a hard time getting yourself in the gym, go to the gym, work your shoulders. But if you know it's a weak point and you're annoyed and don't want to train legs, it'll be, it'll be a little bit easier to convince yourself to do a couple sets of legs if you're already in the gym or, you know, if you're, if you're just doing it as a single body part for that particular day, cause it's really not that hard to just talk yourself into, all right, well, I'm going to go in there and do some leg presses. I'll do some lunges and you just do like three exercises and you're out. The, not every workout is going to be the most optimal. Not every workout is going to be amazing but you fail fast, you know, you mess up on purpose and not on purpose, but you mess up quickly and you do exercises that kind of suck that you don't really like. And then you learn to get rid of them. You learn to say, you know what? I don't really need that one. It doesn't really do what I want it to do. On the flip side of all this kind of stuff is, you know, we do need a challenge. And so things can't be so easy and so comfortable that they're just a breeze Otherwise, if things don't challenge you, they probably won't change you. And if, and if things aren't changing you, they're probably not progressing you. And if you're not progressing, you probably won't be that happy. So you have to kind of, you know, because if you're just going to the gym every day and only doing the things that you like, and when you come home, you're only eating the things that you like, you're, you're not going to have made the changes that you wanted. Uh, and you're really kind of spinning your wheels and kind of wasting your time. So there's going to have to be some stuff that, that you do that's a little bit uncomfortable here and there. Yeah, it's a lifestyle, pizza and bench presses. Yeah, falling falling into complacency is is not not the way to go. And that's uh that's a lot. I feel like a lot of people find that in their in their gym routines that they they have a schedule, they do the schedule, and they're just they're just comfortable with it, but there's no challenge within that, within that schedule. And I feel like you hit on something that was like, it really hit home for me is because I, I train typically what, what isn't hurting and isn't, isn't pain. It's like, okay, I'm sore there. I'm not working that out. So I, I feel like that's a lot of, like a lot of people don't listen to their bodies and they will continue to like, it's like, oh, I have, I have chest scheduled today, but my shoulder kind of feels weird from, from two days ago when I did shoulders. It's like, okay, listen to your body, just throw in a different workout and, and you're good to go. Like, and training every day isn't, isn't a terrible thing, especially if you're, if you're switching it up and you're listening to your body. Big, big. Yeah, if your shoulder banged up, maybe you have an opportunity to go for like a run or something or, yeah. or do some, uh, you know, walk uphill or hit, hit up some stairs or just do cardio for the day or just, uh, you know, drag a sled or do something just different. Try something different. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like some people may, may interpret that as like, oh, that, but it's a challenge. It's like, no, that's not a challenge. The, the challenge is to push yourself, not to fight against an injury. The challenge is to make yourself better not to fight against your own body. 
Yeah, uh, and challenging yourself, I think, can sometimes be tough for people because they don't know where, they don't really know where to go with it. But I think it's pretty simple. I think when you get in the middle of a set and uh, there's not an injury that seems to be like rearing its head, like you feel good, you get in the middle of a set and there's, you kind of have the option of, of, of stopping, you know, the option of like resting and being like, yeah, that was, that was good. Or that was, you might say that was good enough. You also, you also have the option to say like, fuck that. Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. You know, and these are the questions that you need to start to ask yourself. Like what would happen? What would happen if you followed your intuition? What if, what would happen if you, pressed on the gas pedal a little bit more often. What if you, uh, let's just say for, let's just say for uh, a month, let's say for one month, you got out of your car a little bit faster. You know how like a lot of times you park and then you check your phone and you sit in your car for a few minutes and then you get out. What if every time you got out of the car, you got out of the car, like you're on a mission to go somewhere. What if every time you woke up every morning that you woke up, you woke up like you were launched out of a cannon what if every time you went to the gym, you had an intent and a purpose to be there? You knew exactly, you know, you knew not, maybe not exactly, you knew a lot of what you wanted to do and you were excited to be there because you were like, you saw someone else do a movement or an exercise that you haven't thought about for a while. And you're like, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do that. What if you were like that with everything? What if you, people always talk about like, you know, like a steroid or something like that, or you know, growth hormone or, or different things that you can take to enhance your performance. But the ultimate enhancement in performance is to just have thinking that goes towards your goals every day. And that's free. That doesn't cost anything. You could do that right now. You could start doing that today. I mean, think about like, we all know a couple people like that in our lives where you're sometimes like, whoa, like, I'm, I'm in this, but I'm not in it quite like that guy. <laughs> that guy's a maniac. Um, but you, but my point always is this, is not that you necessarily want to be like that person that's a maniac because maybe you don't feel that that's balanced enough for your life or maybe you feel it's a little bit too deep and you're just, you're just not that, you're not that person. That's, that's fine. But we all know, as I pointed out earlier, that you could do a little bit better. And so these things are, they're just at your fingertips. And I, I want people to examine, um, you know, people will say, oh, you know, it's, it's hard to do this, or it's hard to do that. It's, um, they'll say dieting is really hard. And I'll say, you know what, you're, you're right. Dieting is really, really hard. But you know, what's harder is to be 400 pounds. That's harder. That's more depressing. Right. Dieting is difficult. It's challenging exercise is challenging. Um, but being weak is worse. Uh, having a new sleep pattern, having new sleep hygiene, I'm sure it's very difficult. But not sleeping well and having insomnia is harder. Right. Um, staying away from sugar is very, very difficult, very challenging. We all love things that have sugar in them. But having your foot chopped off because you have diabetes, I would say is harder. So it's, it's, it's easy to think about the immediate, you know, the immediate future. It's easy to think about those things, but what about just, what about chipping away? Like that can be a lot of fun. It, it's slow <laughs> and it's kind of boring, but it's like, imagine, imagine if I told 
you know, if I told each one of you guys, Hey man, I got this idea. This is going to be really, really cool. If you guys do this for the next, for the next year, two, three years from now, you're going to be able, you're going to be able to burn uh, 3% more calories. You'll be able to eat three or three to 5% more food. You'd be like, Hey, what? Okay. Well, that sounds like a time commitment and a half, but sounds pretty interesting. All that would be is some resistance training. It would just be some weightlifting. And if you can hold that muscle mass for however long you can hold it, which you can usually hold it into like your seventies almost, um, you can hold that muscle mass until you're like in your seventies, you can almost automatically be healthier just by going in the gym and just by doing, you don't even have to weight train like a maniac, but mm-hmm. get some weight training in, um, get a little hypertrophy going and you could forever change your, not forever necessarily, but you can change your metabolism quite a bit. The way that your body handles sugar, the way that your body handles uh, just overall calories, you get to eat more. You can enjoy things a little bit more here and there and be healthier all at the same time, just by, and then on top of that, you know, if we're talking about trying to, you know, hit dopamine and do all these things that are like real immediate, well, going to the gym does all that. You know, it, it does all that. And then some, I think, I think lifting weights and physical exercise does more for your brain than it does for your body. I mean, look at how many people work out, look how many people exercise and lift. Not everybody looks great. It's probably 50, 50 really on, on who looks great and who doesn't. But what about what it does for your mind? I mean, it does so much for your brain. Anyone that's involved in fitness and anyone that's uh, exercising, kind of, I think we all feel similar. We feel like we're in this uh, this kind of secret world. Like we got this uh, we got this cheat code on on life that uh, maybe other people haven't tapped into just yet. So yeah, you kind of, you kind of talk about mindset there, Mark. Um, and I want to understand where you're coming from with a a business mindset when you you have within you you have a stick shake and i'm sure that had a lot of influence from your previous product the slingshot protein powder and then you have the slingshot so as a new fitness podcast like we've been working hard um we we made an at-home workout program you know we have these t-shirts we have a new hypertrophy program coming out in a couple weeks um what advice would you have for us mark as a newer fitness podcast and be able to provide a service, get our products out there, out there and make a huge um, impact. I think, uh, you know, really trying to think about uh, some disruption, you know, and think about things maybe slightly differently or, you know, what kind of, you don't have to be so different, um, but you want to think about like, what's our niche, you know, where's our, where's our strength? Where can we get a, uh, slice of the pie, so to speak. I mean, success is unlimited. Um, so I think a lot of times people, people kind of look at like an industry and then they think that they have to be so wildly different, um, that there's, there's not, there's not room for another person to do programming. There's not room for another fitness, uh, podcast, not room for people to sell more t-shirts and fitness, but it's, it's simply not true. Um, but what you, need to make sure of is just that you provide a service that people are into or that you have a product that people are into. So sometimes you might have to think just 
it, just in a small, different way. I'll give you an example. Uh, I went to the CrossFit Games in, in uh, maybe like 14 or 15, maybe like two, maybe it was like 2015 or 16, probably. And uh, we sold some products there. We had the slingshot there and stuff, and it, it did it did okay. Um, that's not really our main audience. Um, so in terms of trade shows, uh, it was not good, especially considering it's the CrossFit Games. Uh, but it was it was still a great experience in a lot of ways. My buddies at Caffeine and Kilos, um, they sold these straw hats that uh, you know were like. Um, I guess almost like a fishing hat. I don't even know how to describe it, but I, I can't think of uh, that has a particular name. Anyway, it helps block out the sun. Well, you know, it's the, it's the summertime. It's in Los Angeles and people are just getting destroyed on this blacktop because that's where they have all the vendor stuff. Everyone's buying those hats like crazy. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a silly looking hat really. Uh, but they turned it into like a cool thing and it was a thing at this event. And so, and, and then even from my standpoint, like when people send me stuff for free, people send me a lot of t-shirts and they send me a lot of nice things and I'm grateful for it. Um, but usually if it's like, like not different, I really, I don't mind like throwing something on and taking a picture with it and things like that, or wearing it for a workout. If it just happens to come across my desk at the right time. I'll do things like that here and there. Cause I remember what it was like to get started and, and things like that. But um, having something just be slightly different sometimes. So if you guys, for example, were to send me a hat or were to send me a, uh, maybe instead of a t-shirt, you send me a tank top, you know, or maybe you send me something that's some weird, crazy color, you know, which is a stretch, right? Cause like, I don't know how much turquoise you want to sell or how much purple stuff you want to sell, a, but a pink protein. my point is, is that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> hot pink. But my point is, is that um, you know, you just have things that are just just a just a tiny bit different, but not so different that it's not you. You know, so that would be my main advice is like when you guys get into meetings and you start having some conversations, um, don't be afraid of like bringing up just ideas that are kind of stupid every once in a while. Like just throw out something wild, like. Like, hey, man, what if we gave away shirts free for a month? It's like, well, fuck, man. How the hell are you going to do that, right? So, but it, it does bring up a good, it brings up, uh, it will bring up good conjecture from everybody because somebody might say, hey, you know, we can't really afford to do free shirts for a month, but might be able to do free shirts for a week or so with, you know, getting email addresses or something because we need more email addresses. Mm -hmm. However you guys decide, you know, you come up with uh some of these concepts and ideas we um i can't even i can't remember what book it is right now but it hopefully will come to me by the end of this <clears throat> um you know almost thinking like the opposite of what everybody else is doing sometimes is a great is a great place to start just just having like a completely asinine idea almost picture that you're either drunk high or you're like you're a little kid <laughs> <laughs> and you guys sit down and you start talking about some uh, ideas that you have for maybe a new campaign or ideas that you guys have towards, uh, you know, getting your name out there as a podcast or, or whatever it is, just throw out the most ludicrous fucking thing. You know, um, maybe you just a weird example. Like it sounds like you guys are, um, 
you know, you guys are looking for people that are like pretty legit. Well, maybe you have somebody on that's just a total, like, uh, just doesn't really fit exactly what you're doing, but that might be the one person that, uh, you know, gets, leads you to, um, be able to be in like a different audience or something. You get somebody that, uh, talks like, I don't know, um, Boston Lloyd or like someone like that that just talks about like steroids, which might not be like your flavor. It might not be your main thing. You're talking more about programming and how to get strong and, and some of these things, but I just thrown out there just some randomness. I don't know a ton about your business. So, but that would be my advice is uh, don't be afraid to just have things be throw out some really different and uh, wild ideas and, and really work on trust in your gut, work on being in tune. When you guys think something's a good idea, it's important that you really follow through with it and, and turn it into a good idea. So the idea might not be that good. The idea might be like, it might be like, eh, but how many products have we seen on the market? How many things have we seen on the market that really kick a lot of ass just because somebody believes in it a lot. So if you guys are really behind it and really fired up about it, that's going to be a, a huge part of it. We could do a blue car fitness shake weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what, let me ask you guys this, um, you know, what uh, in like 2021, like what are you guys most excited to uh, like work towards and, and maybe uh, expand upon um, that you were working on previously? I would say providing value. Um, I mean, Josh is going to grad school. I'm getting my strength coach shirt, shirt and, uh, you know, Davis podcast and Trevor's learning a lot and he just moved. So, and Trevor's getting married too. So we have a lot of experiences to share. And I think that through our mistakes and our shortcomings, we have a lot to give back to like, first of all, our friends and family. And I, I could see us really uh, becoming our, our best selves. And like you, Mark, we want to be able to self-actualize, but also just to provide value. And I love seeing my clients in person, you know, gain muscle and lose fat. And I just wanted to like reach out to a broader audience and you guys can yeah. speak on that as well. Yeah. And I think what we're trying to do from a business standpoint is we've been creating some programs recently. We just, we released one and we're about to release the second one fully. Mm -hmm. um, and and we, we're trying to work on those programs and then we're trying to just come up with different ways to make online coaching more of more of a thing for us in, in today's environment because a lot of people are just stuck at home with gyms being closed so we, we want we would definitely love by the end of the year to be very self-sufficient and only be doing um, blue collar fitness and to really have it to where the four of us can just excel and, and to be that brand that we want to be I love it. I think that's, I think that's great. And I think, you know, um, having, you know, I'm not sure how much of this you guys have practiced or whatever, but having some of that written down, you know, just so that when somebody does have a harebrained idea, idea that maybe doesn't really truly fit with what you want to do. And there's an expense involved. You can say, Hey guys, remember, we kind of talked about this and, and you want it to be a shared sense of purpose. You know, you want it to be a shared sense of purpose amongst the group. Like, this is what I would love to head towards. This is what I'd like to work on. And, and you can work your way backwards from that goal. You can say, what would it take for all of us to be able to have this just be our lives? What, what kind of money? Like, what do you need to make? 
maybe for one guy, you know, maybe it's more than another guy. That's okay. Um, but you, you, you have like a number in your head of, of where you want to go. And then with how you're trending, how far away, you know, is that goal? Is that goal? Does it look like it's three years away? Does it look like it's five years away? It's just good. It's just, uh, it's a good exercise. It doesn't mean anything cemented. It doesn't mean anything's permanent. So you don't need to be worried or scared about going, Oh my God, that's going to take 10 years. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't expedite it. It doesn't mean you can't use your heads and be creative and have it happen a lot faster. And so just keep, um, keep poking around and, and keep, uh, you know, po poking holes in the different ideas that you have. For me personally, it's, it's always been, you know, we have a lot of like meetings and stuff like that. I kind of mentioned that earlier and I've been really fortunate that my uh, wife has kind of taken over the business side of it. I don't really do much uh, of the, like the day-to-day -day stuff anymore, but what I do have an opportunity to do is I do have an opportunity to really think about the business from the outside. And so it would be great for you guys if you can figure out ways for you guys to have an opportunity to really think about it uh, in, a, in a zoomed out way, in a way of like mm -hmm. you're observing yourselves, but kind of from afar, you know, you're observing the business from afar. Maybe there's, maybe there's a list, you know, I, I would create a list of a few other podcasts that you guys really enjoy that you want to emulate. Maybe it's mind pump. Maybe it's, you know, whomever, whoever, whoever it is. And uh, I think you guys already have a little bit of a relationship with some of those guys and you can communicate with those people, but you can also think about like, all right, well, what are the three to five things that they've been doing to help them be successful? Those might fall in line with what we want to do. Um, and, and again, there's, there's so many different ways to get through, to get to this, these numbers, you can use Patreon, you could use, uh, you know, sponsorships. There's a lot of different, uh, ways and then even just selling the programming like you guys are doing now is, is a great way to generate some uh, revenue yeah we 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 Connor and I were talking the other day and we really want to start putting out a lot of free stuff because we all have different stuff to to offer and we think if we could just put out some free stuff just to because we want to be very service oriented you know we um, in a lot of ways but and we're hoping that the free stuff is going to help us build a following that we can turn into you know making a, a full-time living with this yeah, dishing out newsletters and pr providing um, knowledge and put, putting a name behind it. And for for yeah. like what you've mentioned on your podcast, Mark, uh, you know, email list, having an email list and putting out those newsletters and different kind of, you know, updates and helping people with free stuff so that they have some buy-in and then in the future, eventually become uh, self-sufficient and not have to um, resort to not Here's an idea for you. <laughs> um, make some shirts that have blue collars. Ooh, okay. all right. That's, that's a nice, really nice idea. I love that. <laughs> I think we talked to you. Even be, you could even I just make it kind of silly. I think that was but, mentioned before. Yeah, think, that's awesome. I think we, I think Thanks for reminding us about that one. Give Mark yeah. credit. <laughs> there you go. Just kidding, be, Mark. You're the first be, one. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it could be... Uh, it could be like a polo, right? Or something, or it could just, or you could literally make a blue collar. It'd be kind of funny if you guys wore them like on the show, just kind of, even if it was just for fun, just kind that of messing around, you know? Do, do but, a pose uh, down. Yeah, yeah. There you go. 
Yeah, just try to think of some different ways that you guys can, uh, you know, have fun with it and communicate out to your audience. And just like you said, make sure you're, uh, make sure you're providing value. Mm -hmm. There, there's no, you know, there's so many people need help with their fitness. Um, I don't know if there's a place for people to go, like a website or something like that, where you guys share your own experiences. But if there, if you don't currently have that, I think that would be fantastic whether it be in video audio format or even written or some combination of all that because different people you know in your audience are going to be attracted to you guys in different ways for different reasons and uh a lot of times you want to work with someone that's uh you want to work with someone that you feel it's probably obtainable to do some of the stuff that they're doing so a lot of times when i share stuff a lot of times people are like, well, you're fucking rich, man. Like <laughs> I can't go nice. to the store and like, yeah, yeah. They say, they say it all the time. Must be nice. But when I was broke, they said the same thing. They were like, oh, well you just you're like, when I was broke, they would say, uh, oh, you just uh, sacrifice everything and, and uh, you don't have a real job and you just, you know, you don't even, you don't care if you're broke or whatever. And I'm like, how can I have it both ways? <laughs> it doesn't make, <laughs> doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. But uh, a lot of times people just sometimes when I put out information, sometimes they're like, well, he's, you know, they think I'm a genetic freak or they bring up the steroid thing or, or whatever. But the point is, is like, yeah, share, you know, share your experiences with everybody so that they can see uh, that you guys have different options when it comes to getting some coaching. What's uh what's next for the 2021 experience for you, Mark? Um let's see. So in 2021 in, in December of 2021, uh I'm gonna be 45 years old. And uh that's the <laughs> supposedly prime, the man. end of the road. <laughs> I know it's supposedly the end of the road for me. I wanted to uh kind of remove myself from slingshot at 45 but uh yet to be determined i don't know if we'll be able to i don't know if i'll be able to do that i'm not going to sell it or anything like that it's still gonna still gonna be family owned and operated and everything like that but um i do want to dump my uh heart and soul into this uh into these supplements and then from there i'd love to just not have to do anything so <laughs> i'm trying to, i'm trying to get away from I'm trying to get away from it all, you know, just so I can, I don't know, train and uh, focus on some other things. I don't, I don't know what those things will be, but I do know that um, I feel strongly about wanting to help other people, you know, whether it be in a, a charitable way. I'm not really sure exactly what it will look like, but I feel like I've been very fortunate and uh, people have been really good to me and uh, I want to figure out, uh, you know, ways of like giving back, you know, like in a, in a, in a major way, in a financial way and in a uh, time consuming way. So that's what I would love for the second half, I guess, of my life to be. You, you know, what's funny is um, I, I have to say that the, just hearing you talk, you're, you're so inspirational in a lot of ways. I, I would really like to dedicate this show to your mom, man. Everything you said about your mom earlier. Oh, thank you. It's just, I, I think she was your number one fan even before you became famous, you know, and, and to have oh, a mom, yeah. to have, to have a mom like that and for you to talk about it with such love and reverence uh, is, is so impressive. And you, you make, you hit the feels. 
So, so I, I'm just, I'm yep. so happy that you had that experience and uh, I bet she's so proud of you right now just watching us. Oh, it's, it's, it's really hard for me to talk about, you know, when, when people like you guys come and ask about success, it's like, uh, or, or like my struggles or any of this stuff. Cause it's like, I've always felt so good about everything, but that's because of my, both my parents, you know, that's because my mom and my dad, like they just, they provided so much for me. So I, um, while it was, there was a lot of work that had to be done. Um, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my needs were met and then some, you know, by my parents, you know, you got those, those kind of a hierarchy of needs. Right. And when those things are met, when you feel, when you feel loved and you're never worried about whether the heat's going to go out or you're not worried about where you live or your food or your next meal, or you're not worried if, you know, dad's going to tell you he's proud of you today or mom's going to give you a hug or like, it's just always there, just admiration, appreciation, uh, and never, ever, I can't ever remember a time ever feeling neglected. I, I remember, I remember for a little bit, my dad was working a lot. He worked at IBM and he started to climb the corporate ladder and he was doing really well. And my mom, you know, just shut it down. My mom's like, you're not around anymore. And he's like, I thought you wanted me to make money, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but she, you know, the kids, the kids need you. You're not around. And she, and he was like, okay, I didn't, he like barely even knew because he was just tunnel vision on <laughs> on making more money, but that, that only was like a year, you know, that was a real short period of time. So yeah, both my parents always been there for me. And so I, I always feel like I, I need to tell that side um, because there's like, as much as successful people would love to toot their own horn, there's a lot of luck involved in all this. Like I'm lucky that I was born in the United States I'm lucky that I was born with two great parents. I'm lucky that I met the woman that I met when I was 24 and or 23. And it, it's changed my life. Like these things have changed my life forever. So I can't, they can't leave them out of the story and say, yeah, I had this cool invention because I tore my peck. You know, it's like, well, other people probably have ideas, but they don't always have an opportunity to act on them. Things were set up well enough for me to where acting on it was probably, um, at least in my head, acting on it was not going to be anything that was going to be difficult because my mom filled me up with so much belief, uh, that, which is amazing because my mom, my dad and I actually talked about it this morning. My dad and I go on walks every morning and, uh, we were taught, my mom had a lot of ideas and inventions, but they died with her. She didn't, she didn't have the confidence in herself to bring herself to, to, to make these things happen. And, uh, but she had enough strength to encourage me, uh, physically, emotionally, financially, you know, when I told my parents about the idea of the slingshot, I'm like, this is what it's going to be. And I was like, I could use a little bit of money because I need to, you know, order these, order these products. And (laughs) I didn't want them had any idea what the hell it was, (laughs) but yeah, they're like, okay, like, you know, you know, uh, we can't give you much, but let us know what you need and we'll see how much we can help you with it. And I just kind of, you know, was able, able to go from there. And I, so I realized that a lot of people, they're not in the same, they're not in the same spot. But what I'd also say is that whatever the hell happened to you when you were a kid, regardless of how horrible it is, um, 
you'd have to at some point let go of some of these things because it's not gonna it's just it's not advantageous to you it's not going to support you it's not going to help you to think that you're a victim and to think that the world's out to get you and that you live this unfair life uh just like i can't i couldn't have rested on uh just having good parents i needed to act on a lot of these things and I, so i do realize that people are kind of not only on a like if we're all on a track, I kind of look at it as some people are just starting back further on this track. You know, they might be a full lap behind you when you kind of start out life because they don't have money, they don't have love, they don't have all these things. And some people are even dragging a parachute behind them. <laughs> but as you get to be older, you should be able to turn around and say, I don't, what's this fucking parachute about? Who attached this to me? And take some scissors and cut that shit off and, and get running and get yourself moving and you should uh, you know i think i've seen just so many people that come from uh some really tough backgrounds really make some amazing things of themselves and my own mom you know my own mom was able to be a great mother to three kids and she grew up with a she had the worst life that you can think of pretty much from what i from what i recall of it so everyone has a shot you know they just have to hang in there for long enough unconditional love wins so that, that's awesome thanks for sharing all that <laughs> yeah thank you mark yeah. that was some yeah that's some really good uh some good knowledge there i really we really appreciate you uh coming out today it was awesome we went deep and we talked about some gains all in the same episode yeah. <laughs> x's, x's, x's and o's and a little bit of philosophy <laughs> so good luck with the um the within you is coming out in two weeks yeah i think the steak shake will be out in two weeks and then each product should drop about every other every other month or so awesome. until the end of the year and then uh this uh on tuesday i'm going out to uh rogue fitness to um i have another i have another invention that i i'm really excited about that i'm going to share with them and see if we can collaborate on it so i'm super excited about that too that's awesome okay. Well, best of luck to you on that uh, on that new invention. Thank you so much for today. Right, Thanks for your time, Mark. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate Have it. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Bye. -bye.